Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The gospel is the good news, but the good news is not the good news until you know what the bad news is first. And the bad news is, is that you're a sinner. Well, that offends me. Well, praise the Lord that it offends you. I would rather offend somebody into heaven than be tentative and flatter them into hell. And that was the Apostle Paul. Listen, at the end of the day, there's only one person I answer to, and that person is Jesus. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. Where does your value and worth come from? Our flesh craves the praise and approval of others, yet Pastor J.D. teaches that at the end of the day, the only one we'll answer to is God. If we put our worth in what others think of us, we'll continually be hurt and disappointed. Remember, your true identity is found in Jesus and what He thinks of you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I've titled today's teaching, When I'm Close to Jesus. As we're about to see, Paul, and if you're anything like me, you've come to really appreciate this about the Apostle Paul. He just really speaks right from the heart. And in so doing, he's getting to the heart of the matter. It's almost one of those cases where I suppose you could say he saved the best for the last. We don't oftentimes see that at the close of a letter. It's usually just a formality that closing paragraph, but not with the Apostle Paul, and certainly not by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I know this might sound somewhat simplistic when I say it, but when you get right down to it, it's all about Jesus, right? And it's not only all about Jesus. It's about us walking close with Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today. Certainly it could be said that being close with Jesus and walking close with Jesus is what characterized the life of the Apostle Paul, so much so that his life was blessed beyond measure. I say measure because God's blessing on his life wasn't measured by the world standards, using the gauge by which the world measures success, or if you prefer, a blessed life. I mean, if you really look at the Apostle Paul's life, it was a pretty rough life. (laughs) The Apostle Paul had a really hard and difficult life, so much so, that he even despaired of life. Do you remember? He came to this place in his life, as difficult as it was, where he just gave in to despair. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. This is the Apostle Paul 
who arguably would be deemed this super strong Christian. Nothing moved him. Nothing fazed him. And yet he admits that he got to this place in his life where he was so discouraged that he despaired of life. His life was a hard life, but his life was a blessed life. And I would suggest to you that his life was a blessed life because his life was a hard life. I hope you don't mind me connecting those dots, but that's the truth. As only God can, God blessed Paul's life and ministry abundantly. Before we get into the passage, I just want to take a couple of moments and point out a couple of very interesting details that are in verse 11. First, notice that Paul says he's writing this with his own hand. This is not unusual. This is uh, actually what he did in other epistles, Colossians, uh, Corinthians, I think Thessalonians as well. But the reason he says that is because up to this point, he has been dictating this letter to the Galatians to a secretary who actually did the uh, writing. And now here, at the end of the letter, he takes the pen into his own hands, and he writes these closing remarks himself. And he does it for two reasons, the first of which is that he wants to authenticate that this letter is actually from him. You have to understand that there were letters circulating throughout the churches at that time that were supposedly from the Apostle Paul, but they were fake. And so he had to authenticate that it was him that was writing this letter. And secondly, and perhaps more importantly, the reason he wrote this himself is because he wanted to emphasize, to highlight, to underscore what he's about to say here at the end of the letter. And this is why it's so important that we understand these details, the second of which is that he says, notice how large the letters are that I'm writing with. Some believe that he did so because he had poor eyesight. And that might, may have uh, very well been the case, but others suggest that he wrote large letters deliberately in order to emphasize the point that he's about to make here at the end of the letter. And that makes more sense to me, because it seems to fit better with the theme of the entire letter. I mean, (laughs) Paul is now going to, we would understand it this way, in our day and age, he's going to use all caps, bold, highlight yellow, underline, exclamation points, and probably even some emojis, uh, if you don't mind, (laughs) just to get his point across. He's not going to end this letter after all that he's written 
to these churches and just kind of, you know, say, well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, God bless you, and I wish you the best. In Jesus' name, amen. No, not the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's going to just, I mean, <laughs> hit them head on. He's going to sum everything up. And by the Holy Spirit, everything he said heretofore, he's going to now just sort of bring it all together and say to them, this is the bottom line. And for those of us who are bottom line people, we really appreciate that. What's the bottom line here? Okay, here's the bottom line. It's as if Paul is saying, okay, Galatian Christians, I've begged you, I've rebuked you, I've corrected you, and now here's the bottom line. Either you're going to believe the legalists who distance you from Jesus, or you're going to believe me and draw close to Jesus. It's one or the other. That's the bottom line. After everything I've said, everything I've written to you in this letter, which I've written to you in this letter because I love you and I care about you. If I didn't, I wouldn't bother. Are you kidding me? I'm not angry. I, the Apostle Paul's not angry either. I just, I just imagine the Apostle Paul in his intensity, in his passion, the strength of his writing. What's interesting is that Paul paints this stark contrast between himself and the legalists. And listen to what he basically says here in drawing this contrast. They want to impress people by outward means of the flesh, of course speaking of the Judaizers and the legalists, while I only want to please God by the inward means of the Spirit. They want to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ, while I wear it as a badge of honor and consider it a real honor and to be even worthy of such persecution. They want to boast about their circumcision and keeping the law, while I only boast about the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. They want to live for the things of the world while I am crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. They want to bear the marks of circumcision under the law while I already bear the marks of suffering persecution for Jesus. What a stark contrast. And you have to understand that they're looking at these legalists outwardly and in all fairness, very impressive, right? Wow. You're really righteous. You really keep the law, or so you say. And then here's the Apostle Paul. I think they were embarrassed to be associated with Paul. I don't think Paul would have been invited to come and speak at any of their conferences. They wouldn't have had him come and speak. As I was pondering 
what Paul writes here, I just um, kind of came away with this impression that Paul is always reluctant to talk about himself. I never imagined the Apostle Paul wanting to use himself as an example, but when he does, he does so for a good reason, and that's the case here. And the reason he does so here is because he wants them to see him and his close walk with Jesus and how that it can change their lives. Look at what God has done in my life. Look at the the scars that I bear in my life. Look at the blessing of God in my life. If God can do that in my life, remember who we're talking about here. Hello? Saul? Saul of Tarsus? Before God got a hold of him, he was murdering Christians thinking he was doing God a favor. And then on that road to Damascus one day, God got a hold of him and changed him, and he would never be the same the rest of his life. And he would never look back all the days of his life. I found three ways you might find more in our text that in Paul's life we see an example of how God can change our lives vis-a-vis a close walk with him. Again, I, I hope that this doesn't come off as too simple. James says that if we draw near to the Lord, he'll draw near to us. And dare I say that with the way things are going in the world today, I don't know for the life of me why anybody wouldn't want to be drawing near to the Lord in these times, right? Well, here's the first one. It's in verses 11 and 12. And it's that those who draw near to the Lord, walk close with Jesus, won't try to impress people. This is what comes as a result. Here, Paul says the real reason the Judaizers compelled them to be circumcised was because they wanted to impress other people. And the thought was that by getting them to be circumcised under the law, it would make them look good to others so they could boast about their influence and their own self-righteousness. Moreover, by getting them to do this, they would, in effect, align Judaism with Christianity, which meant that they would avoid persecution. It's important to understand that it was actually illegal at this time to be a Christian. To be a Christian meant that you were going to be persecuted and potentially lose everything. Not just your livelihood, your job, your business, whatever it was. We're talking family, everything. That was the cost that needed to be counted. You know, we talk about coming to Christ in our day and age, and it's really foreign to us. The early church, these Christians, especially coming out of Judaism, 
It was a tremendous cost. And here, the Apostle Paul, in his example as one who (laughs) had counted that cost, is saying to them, listen, this is why they're doing it. This is their motive. He's exposing them for the frauds that they are by bringing to light their motives. And lest you be too quick to be too critical of the Apostle Paul, if there was ever a man that had earned the right to do this, it was Paul. And I say that because you could never rightly accuse him of really caring about what other people thought of him. I see Paul as having an audience of one, and it was Jesus, Jesus only. Let me uh, say it this way. I see the Apostle Paul as only caring about one thing. Am I pleasing to God? Not am I pleasing to you. I cannot imagine the Apostle Paul ever thinking to himself, hey, I wonder, I wonder what they thought about my letter. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, I don't want to step on any toes. <laughs> the Apostle, I see the Apostle Paul going, where's your toes? I want to step on them. In Jesus' name. Because your toes need to be stepped on. You know, I think about those who have sadly bought into this notion that we want to be sensitive to people, you know. We don't want to offend anybody. Uh, listen, I, you'll forgive me, but isn't the gospel offensive? I mean, think about it. The gospel is the good news, but the good news is not the good news until you know what the bad news is first. And the bad news is, is that you're a sinner. Well, that offends me. Well, praise the Lord that it offends you. I would rather offend somebody into heaven than be sensitive and flatter them into hell. And that was the Apostle Paul. Listen, at the end of the day, there's only one person I answer to, and that person is Jesus. You know, sometimes I I find myself as I'm driving home uh, after second service. (laughs) The Lord and I have some very interesting um, dialogues after after church. And I'm I'm always asking the Lord, Lord... um, was that okay with you? And I have to confess that there has been times where I've, um, and I'm just being really honest here, okay, where I've just really sensed the Lord saying, no, you were kind of in the flesh when you made that one point. I'm sorry, Lord. Please help me, Lord. I don't want to do that, Lord. And... (laughs) I share that because, you know, you guys are so um, loving 
and gracious towards me. And many will come to me and say, oh, pastor, that was such an amazing teaching. And, and you got to know my flesh loves that. Uh, one has called it the glorification of the worm ceremony, <laughs> where everybody just, oh, pastor, that, that really ministered to me. And I'm learning. I wish I could say I've learned this, but one of the things I'm learning is that I never take that to heart because I know that the Holy Spirit has allowed you to hear a different sermon than the one I preached. And I praise God for that. In fact, that's one of the dialogues uh, that I have with the Lord. And one of the prayers I uh, lift up to the Lord on the way to church uh, before uh, I teach. And that is, Lord, if I say anything that is not what you would have me to say, please don't let it reach the ears of your people. And conversely, if I say something that you do want me to say, then please let it reach the ears of your people and move in their hearts. But I am keenly aware that all I have to do, and I mean this, and I hope those of you who know me know my heart when I say this. I am keenly aware of this one truth. All they would have to do is come up here and read God's Word, and you would be ministered to. Because God's Word does not return void. And I tell you what, that takes a lot of pressure off of me. I don't have to razzle and dazzle you. Oh my goodness. If, if I had to do that, just shoot me now, okay? That is not my, in my job description. My job description is to just simply preach the Word. And the Holy Spirit does the rest. And by the way, maybe I, I should also add to that and say, uh, it's also not in my job description to grow the church. I get in the mail all the time these uh, mailings, you know, for these seminars and conferences. How to grow your church. I think it's, let's see, Acts. God adds to the church daily as many as should be. I feel sorry for pastors today. I'm going off completely off of my notes here. You'll, you'll indulge me. I hope you don't mind. Pray it's not in the flesh. But I really feel sorry for pastors today. Maybe it's no wonder that under the crushing weight of that pressure, that some 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month. How many is that every day? Some say being a pastor is the hardest job in the world, and I can, I can see that. Thanks for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from Galatians has blessed you and that you desire to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to hear today's message again or other teachings from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. You'll also find a link to subscribe to our podcast, or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Did you know you can also take In Spirit and Truth with you wherever you go? It's true. Using your Android or Apple smartphone, download our mobile app and have biblically sound messages available right at your fingertips. 
Links to the app are right on our website. You can find Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update online as well. These weekly updates take a critical look at what's happening in the world today, particularly in the areas talked about in the Bible. Many of the events we see have been prophesied in the Bible, but with all that's going on, how do we know what's real and what isn't? Pastor J.D. takes the time each week to compare world events to biblical passages and gives us a clear picture of where we are. Tune in every Friday and Saturday to hear the latest edition or find it on our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to learn more. Thanks again for joining us today on In Spirit and Truth. We're so blessed to be a part of your life in this way. We want you to know we pray for you often. Join Pastor J.D. on the next edition of In Spirit and Truth to keep learning more from the book of Galatians. Holy me true to 